Hello, listeners. This is Very Best of Living. I am Dr. Taylor Hartman, and I'm excited to have you join us today. I'm with my colleague, Kat Larson. Hello, Kat. Hello, Taylor. Nice to hear your voice. Yes. Um, We are going to talk today about a very important topic tied to COVID and isolation in general, and how you find pleasure in a troubled life and a troubled world. I think it's a very important um, piece of taking accountability for creating the life you want to live and should live, despite the fact that life is working against you, or at least it feels that way. How's that sound? Really good. I really think it's good. Important one. I feel. I feel uh, more and more people, as the COVID virus has continued for so long, are finding themselves uh, restless, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and not enjoying life. Not truly, not enjoying life. Not necessarily adapting to this new challenge. So I want to talk about that. At first, of course, I'm let you start with any question you may have of me. You like to do that if you have one. Yes, I do have a question for you. So I think we had talked at one point that you had kind of um, switched up things and decided that you were going to, you know, you got a goal about losing weight and and getting into shape. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see how that was going. Well, I'm proud to respond to that. I am now down 20 pounds. Oh, I am enjoying uh, such a, such a comfortable commitment to an hour a day. And I'm loving eating like, like such different kinds of foods. You know, when they always said you can eat more than you think you can, you can enjoy more than you think you can if you just eat the right things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, aren't the right things. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, here's part the part that was really interesting for me is that when I first started choosing to eat like, like salads, like, like really good healthy salads with different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people were opposed to me. They were like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you don't have time for that. I said, I'll do it the night before. And it was so funny how the obstacles that come your way have nothing to do with what you're putting out there, but other people put them out for you because they want you to stay in your box where you are. But I have been so happy doing this. This uh, September 21st, I'm mm-hmm. down 20 pounds and not like um, dieting. I don't feel that at all. Um, I feel like I am just making really good choices and I am enjoying you know, Cherry Garcia for Ben and Cherries. Um, I enjoy popcorn. I enjoy lots of things, but I also find myself very aware. And by the way, the thing I thought I would never do is what I'm doing. And that is, Which I is? really log my meals. Like I really have yep. a look at what I'm eating. And yes. I didn't know that. I just didn't see that stuff before. So thank you for asking. Well, you know, it's so, it's so good. And I think uh, without even really, without even thinking thinking about the question as it relates to what our topic is today is that those pleasures of how people take care of themselves that can be so detrimental, which is, you know, I mean, I think I read a statistic that in COVID, like alcohol sales are up 86% or something like that. (laughs) Drinking themselves to sleep, like numbing the pain. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure people's, you know, like, you know, I mean, I think people are working out at home and doing those things, but I do think that that for the short term, it's like, okay, we're going to be, okay, we're down and we're, we're, we're in lockdown for two weeks. And then all of a sudden it's a year later, That's people correct. going, okay, forget it. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> well, I, I really struggle with uh, the word adapting. I, yeah. I really don't know that we adapt as well as we should and could. Um, and I think you're right. It has to be intentional. You have to really sit there and think, am I ready to make this commitment? Am I willing to do this? Because I promise you, 
it doesn't matter how wonderful the thing you're doing is, you'll get resistance. There will be obstacles. Some of them you'll set yourself and others yeah. set for you, right? So it's it's kind of a, a challenge. I, I'm always I love that concept that when you're most tired, you want to sit on the couch, you'll get more energy by going for a walk. It's yes. It's the opposite of what you want to do, but that's what you should do. So I, I think that would be a perfect kind of lead into our conversation. And you raise, you raise another point I liked. I want our listeners to know you can write and ask questions like Kat does mm-hmm. with me, and we're happy to answer them. So you can reach me uh, at taylor at taylorhartman.com, and then we'll get those. Just put in the subject line podcast, and then you write it to taylor at taylorhartman.com, and we will get those questions, and we can talk about those. Because I think it's cool that we can kind of respond to your specific questions that you're having. Oh, yeah. And uh, for everybody, if you go on to the podcast, onto the page of the podcast, that will be in the notes too. In the, we'll put Taylor's, Taylor, we'll put your email in the, in those notes. So if somebody forgets it, they can go to those notes and you can get his email address there. Thank you so much. Yeah. Let's talk about isolation. Yes. There are two forms of isolation that I want to talk about. One is people are put in isolation by life circumstances. And uh, that may have to do with going away to school. It may be in a new uh, move to a new place where you don't know people. It may be uh, quarantine from COVID. Mm-hmm. And then there's a second one, which is putting yourself in isolation due to fear. Uh, mm-hmm. You're uncomfortable. You're frightened. You're unsure. And so you, you're timid. So you hide away. Uh, from a social connection. So both those are critical and both of them require intent. You have to then say, what am I going to do about this? And that's the only way you'll ever break free. If you sit there and make excuses for why you are where you are, then you won't change. Now, I spent some time with a very uh, a wonderful red friend of mine. I love this guy. He is. He does not do excuses. It just does not happen. And um, so I was talking about our business and things that are going on and it was an amazing phenomenon that every time I would start with an explanation, he would say, and what is the result you're looking for every single time? And how long will it take for that to happen? And it gave me no room to sit in my excuses or wallow in my concerns. None. The, the bottom line was, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to make it work? Mm-hmm. And unless you want to be a victim, I found that rather invigorating, like challenging. And a victim would say, you don't understand me. You don't appreciate what I'm going through, those kind of things. But if you really are healthy, you're like, you're right. You're right. If I really want results, I got to be forward thinking. I got to come up with some solutions to this. Yeah. So I think when people look at isolation, like let's talk about COVID for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a, a, I mean, a life experience that most of us will never experience again or haven't before. But what have we done with COVID? Have we learned to enjoy slowing down? Have we learned to appreciate the value of other people because we've not been able to touch them as much? Have we enjoyed the value of touch like more in our minds? I know that I've actually started hugging my clients again. It's been almost a year. Well, that makes me just emotional a little bit. I know, I I know, because I'm a hugger and it's been terrible. It has been horrible to be pulled away from doing that. And And I feel so much more natural hugging someone than just saying, thank you very much and good night. So I, I, for me, it's been very, very freeing to get back to that dynamic. But you're right. For almost a year, I didn't touch really anyone but my wife. And my, so yeah. I'm really comfortable with COVID. Well, um, it's funny, too, when you're talking about this is because, you know, I, I forget. I mean, I'm the person who still, after a year, 
gets halfway to the into the grocery store and still forgets my mask. And I'm yeah. like, oh, for crying out loud, so I have to walk back and get it. So you forget because I think some of that stuff is so, I don't even know if it's genetic. It's so deep in yeah. you. It's so deep yeah. ingrained that you just go to hug people. Yeah. Here's what still bothers me. This is funny. Like I'll go to hug somebody, not on them. I get it. I mean, I understand completely people's boundaries with it, but like when they like, throw their arms back, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. It really impacts me. Yeah. I feel like Rejecting. I get like offended. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you would shave and shower more, it probably would help. But it, <laughs> the reality is that you it finally does. have a reason to not hug me. Thank God. God, I can do this no, now, I legally. There are some people uncomfortable being touched. They really yeah. are. Yeah. That's a good point. Or they'll just stand there with their hands down. Right. Yes. But in all fairness to them, that's their awkwardness. You are very free loving, very free flowing. That's who you are by nature. Usually, mm-hmm. as you've discovered, that works. People invite. Yes. You value yes. You're right. There yes. are some people that are not there. That's a good point. It's interesting how it does impact you, though, right? Because you're the giver. Well, well that's you're- the point. The point is, it's like I get so awkward when I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, yes. you just get awkward when people yes. don't know how to take it. You know, it's like, Definitely. oh, I feel like I've been, and I have, I think it's a boundary for people. Like when you talk about boundaries and yes. this isolation that impacts those boundaries, like it's almost like it can really strengthen both healthy boundaries and unhealthy boundaries, right? Like isolation can. Both. It's yeah. interesting. I think, I think what I would challenge our listeners to think about is, am I willing to risk? Am I willing to put myself into a new setting to experience life more abundantly. And I'll give you a great example. I love the example of when I would do retreats in Sundance and we would all hike to the waterfall and then people would go into the waterfall, which is ice cold mm-hmm. um, and or not. At the end of the retreat, I would then have them line up as to who is the most loving and least loving. And every single time, the ones who had been in the water at the waterfall were at the top of the list of most loving. And I've thought about that so many times since hmm. No one knew that. I've just seen it year after year after year with rare exception. I mean, like maybe one out of 50 times. It wasn't that case because people that seem to risk and invite and try tend to be more also loving uh, in life. They're not as withdrawn, not as frightened, not as fear-based. So I think our, our listeners, I want you to think about this. Are you the kind of person that will put your toe in the water or are you the kind of keep waiting to see whether somebody else does it first? Or whether you think maybe it's just really not that necessary to do. So you hold back in life. Because you you and I both know that my favorite, one of my favorite studies ever written was of the old people that were 90 years or older. And they asked them, what are your regrets? And literally after, I mean, hundreds of thousands of responses, the researchers put them into three groups. And one was, number one, was I would have risked more. I would have tried things I did not try. Number two was I wish I would have reflected better on my life. Like when I jumped out of a marriage too quickly, mm, I should have rethought that. And number three was I would have left something that outlasted me because they're almost going to die. They're in their nineties, right? So you Mm -hmm. had to be 90 or older to be in the study. And I, I've always been fascinated by that risked more. I would have tried something. And I think COVID gives people who don't want to risk more opportunity to validate not risking. Yeah. I was just thinking that. Yep. Comfortable, right? Yeah. In fact, they almost use it as a blunt instrument against those who are now willing to risk more. So I love that. I was talking, we had this little, uh, we had a little gathering on our street last weekend and we just had, you know, 
I don't know, we just had people out walking around and it was kind of like social, you know, everybody's social distancing. It's okay, but come out and chat. And I was talking to this lady in Oklahoma. (laughs) Yes. Um, And um, I was talking to this lady and she said that her daughter had, was not allowing her still to see her grandkids. Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, well, even with a mask, yes, even with a mask. Uh, yeah. Well, well, what if you'd gotten um, vaccinated? I have been vaccinated. I'm like, huh. Yeah. And I was thinking about that and I didn't say it to her because, you know, but I just thought how easy for us to, to make excuses. Like I, if I, w- I would have been like, okay, wait, what's the real issue? Why don't you want me to see my grandkids? Right. Because like you're saying, we can use those things to create I don't want to come and see you, or I don't want you to see my grandkids, or no, I can't do that right now because of COVID. And that's a really good point. Like well, looking I, at that. I just wish people would understand they're driving their core motive. Like what yep. is the motive I'm really doing this for? And by the way, just so you all know, if you are fear-based, you've got a trouble. You know, this problem. I want you yep. to know across the board, I'm not saying all fear is necessarily bad, but I'm saying if you linger in it, it is bad. It's not going to move you forward in life. And there are those that, like, for example, the whole thing about anxiety, I mean, it's blown up. Everyone has it now. I'm yes. like, wait a minute here. I mean, we're not more anxious. We, we don't have any more reason to be more anxious today than any generation. Every generation has its challenges. Every mm-hmm. generation has its trials. But we have now given license that it's normal to be that way. So when people choose that path, they're like, well, I'm, I'm in the norm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that really works. Oh. There's, there's somebody doing this thing. Um, they're putting their kids in a, a treatment place. And one of the things they were told was, don't send your kids to this one place because they don't do well with children that are adopted. They do well with substance abuse, not adoption. I said, what does <laughs> that mean? So they had decided that the trauma of adoption was so severe that it gets its own private little uh, place. Oh, gosh. And I was, and I said, well, you do know that I adopted two of my five kids and they're doing well and thriving. And they had the audacity to say, well, that's because they were raised by you. And I said, oh, please, you don't give my kids any credit. Like there are many, many adopted kids that have found great lives and made great joy out of their life. And I don't think that's a reason to call it trauma, but we have now, this group anyway, has identified that as a reason to be anxious. That's a reason to have trauma. I have a question before you, before you go on, you said something about not all fear is bad. Uh, you said something about fear and that not all fear is bad. Would you just like kind of flesh that out just a little bit? So when you're like running in a race or going to play a game, right? Mm-hmm. Not at all inappropriate to be anxious about or nervous about, or if you're going to play the violin for a large group of people, it's not at all wrong to be somewhat fearful of mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Right. There's that anticipation of how will I do? Mm -hmm. But if you don't use that to move you forward, then it becomes a lingering negative piece. So if I am, I'm afraid of meeting somebody new, Mm -hmm. I understand the reluctance of, I don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to go. But if that then continues on such that I don't go to meet the person or when I meet the person, I I hold back. I'm not my best self. That Mm -hmm. is never healthy. That's a bad motive. You're protecting yourself. You're making it all about you instead of the experience. And that's the sadness in life. When you actually make you or the fear of what you might experience, the priority, you miss the whole event of life. You miss it all. Got it. That's what I meant. So I'm not telling people it can't be afraid. I'm not telling them it can't be like anxious. I'm saying push through that. Use that. 
don't think it's the end all. It doesn't end there. It's like, okay, now what am I going to do about that? And that's the difference. Like your red friend. So what am I going to do about that? That's exactly right. And and honestly, if you don't live that way, you will live a, a less valued life. And you'll know it, by the way, whether you can hide it or not, pretend or not. In fact, I will be honest with you also, so many of us that have gotten into comfortable lives mm-hmm. are the most vulnerable to that. Like we've now gotten comfortable. So do I really want to risk and not be comfortable? But true living begins at the edge of when comfort leaves. That's when you really start to experience the magic of life. So if you're always just sitting in your comfort zone, I, I can tell you right now, you're missing out on magic. Tons of it. So that's what I mean. Well, when's the last time you were on the edge of your comfort zone? Well, um, I, I definitely, when I started the um, my weight training, um, yes. was very uncomfortable for me. Oh. Uh, this podcast, it's yes. all new to me. Not something yeah. I would be used to doing. Every business I've started <laughs> has yes. Like a stretch for me is a yellow, like really. And, and honestly, my biggest stretches in life have been anything that don't allow me just to have fun because I love having fun, but that's not all life's about. Right. So anytime I put myself into my PhD program or uh, building a business or marriage, any of those things were a push against comfort for me. That's really, you know, sometimes that just kind of relaxes me a little bit when you, when you listen to somebody a doctor, you know, who has the experience that you have go this podcast, you know, like that just helps you go, God, yeah, you know, we're all in this together, right? There's nobody that, you know, even the guy who writes the book, right? right, right. Is right. goes, I'm doing a podcast. Am I going to do okay? <laughs> yeah, no, no, you know what? That's exactly right. And you're always, I, I think it's so good for people to know that we're all growing at different levels and different things. Yeah. So what may be a challenge for me is not for somebody who's listening, but mm-hmm challenge for them is not a challenge for me. So instead mm-hmm. of judging, that's why I, I get so frustrated when someone judges someone based on themselves. Well, yes, maybe for you, it's not a problem, but for them, it's a big deal. Um, yeah. I have a, a person right now I'm working with that I, I adore this woman. She's a yellow with red and she has a white son and she loves him more than life itself. Mm-hmm. He has the hardest time opening up and expressing himself. And one of the things I've loved most about her is her humility. When she said to me, I have never given him credit for being so fear-based. I've ne- I, I'm not that way. So I've always kind of assumed, and he's my child, therefore he shouldn't be that way either. And she, when she opened the possibility of, but he is, and I can connect with him far better by accepting versus challenging that, that was a huge aha for her. And I, of course, I was very moved because the minute I heard that, I heard her say, I'm not making this about me. I'm making this about him. Anytime you can do that in life, you're going to be better off. So like the podcast, I, I, if I make it about me, then I miss the magic of what it's really about, which is for the listeners, for people yeah. anonymously hear something that might improve their lives. And if I get all caught up in me, I'm forgetting the whole point of what the magic is about, which is other, right? And that, you know, and and, it, and it's interesting that we, we take on, you know, we kind of take on stuff that we assume is our job at, like, for instance, as a parent like saying acceptance versus challenge, you know, for a long time. And I still do this. I mean, I step in it all the time with my kids, but I always feel like, well, it's my job to make sure I challenge them to grow. You know, I mean, well, I don't even know where I got that. I don't (laughs) even know where I got that, but that's what I do as a parent. Well, come on, you know, instead of, 
you know, instead of being empathetic and going, yeah, that does suck, man. You know, thinking that I can't sit there with them. Yes. Yes. I, I still remember, I, and I feel bad about this, the time my son, who was white, mm-hmm. and he's such a good boy. He was so, such a joy to raise. <laughs> and he was, uh, he, someone had ripped down all his posters when he ran for an election, which he was, it was huge for him to put himself out there like that. Yes. Someone had ripped them down, and he felt so demoralized and rejected by that. And he was really feeling it. And here he yeah. was like in senior high, maybe a junior. And I remember walking in there and he was just down and out. And he he actually knocked things off the table, which is such a rare thing for him to do, show any emotion like that at all. Mm-hmm. He said to him, stop right now. You stop reacting to that. It's part of life. You win, you lose, you get rejected, you don't get rejected. You have to stop this right now. And it was, I mean, I was so firm. And I... I think about that stuff as a day cat. Like, why not just sit there and go, sucks, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. I mean, Christmas. And he was so great. Of course, he stopped the minute I said that. Very responsive to me. But I, you're right. There's times when you just want to be able to say to somebody, it's okay. It, it really does suck. It's really hard. I feel bad for you. <laughs> yeah. my, kids, my kids now are like, they're smart-alecky enough and mouthy enough and old enough now that they're like, mom, don't do your thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get out of the school right now. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> they, they have my number, Taylor. <laughs> no, but, you know, I love, I love that they have grown to be able to do that. And number two, that they know you'll receive that. That's really cool. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> and just so you know, I still think there's great things we do by pushing our kids to grow, but I do think yes. compassion of seeing them through their eyes yes. should help. Right. Yes. So uh, a couple more comments uh, for today. I on want, isolation, yeah. I will, and also on, I want people to think about what are the simple pleasures I can get. I had this man, he's a blue, and he's a, such a, an incredible father. And I don't think his wife really appreciates him. And if mm-hmm. she does, you'd never know. She doesn't tell him. <laughs> and his daughter recently wrote a paper in college, and it was talking about food. And what's a food that you can taste and you've made and experienced and what it feel like and mm-hmm. what do you think of and who do you appreciate for it? And she wrote this little essay and he sent it to me and it brought, all, I, I mean, it was, it brought tears. It was like amazing because I know how much it meant to him. And she said, it was my dad. And my dad is the, he's the, he's the baker in our family. And mm-hmm. so my sister and I decided behind his back to learn to do sourdough bread and she said, I can never tell you how much it meant to me that morning my dad came down and we had just finished our first batch that worked. It really did work. And his eyes were so gracious and inviting and so proud of us. She goes, honestly, even more than the creating of the bread, every time I see that and eat that bread today, anywhere I am, I see my dad's eyes and I <laughs> magic. So that simple pleasure moment for, for him to hear mm-hmm. say that, right? Because of what she now feels as well. I want our listeners to think, do I create those opportunities for other people? Do I let them know how much I appreciate them in my life? And do I, do I let them know how much I appreciate doing something with them? I, I just, I think the gratitude piece, like people that really do enjoy a, a full life, they seem to be able to appreciate moments when others totally run my behind, missed them totally. 
They don't. They somehow yes. favor them. And they also include others in the process. They're not like insular. They're not uh, isolated. They, right. They share it. It's so right. exciting. So I would challenge. I mean, you know, I always say to people, listen, listen to 10 things you love to do. Listen right. to 10 things you love to do. And ask yourself, are you doing them? Right? Mm-hmm. I would ask our listeners to think, what are the simple pleasures that just bring me joy and peace? And how do I share those? That's what I'd like to think about. And realize that, by the way, just because you enjoy it as a pleasure doesn't mean somebody else does. That's okay. In fact, my wife and I were laughing today. I, our kids gave us um, this towel warmer. And, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm a king. Like when I get out of the shower and there's a towel, it's all warm. I'm like, oh, hey, you are royalty. Feels pretty good, huh? <laughs> so my wife never used it once. So I, I did it for her. I said, just try it. Just try it. Just so you know. Oh. So she comes out. She goes, well, I guess if it were cold, it might feel good. But <laughs> she just, it just wasn't that thing for her. It meant nothing to her. And I thought, that's just fine. I don't mind. Yes. I did say, I want you to try it once. I just want to know what you think. But it doesn't change or dent at all my pleasure. Your experience, yes. No, no, no. I love that warm towel, right? But I think everybody should just take advantage of, okay, try things that really give you joy. Like, you know, when you buy the food for the person behind you in line? Yes, I love that. pleasure some people really enjoy. This one woman, she was married to a guy who was Scrooge, and he would get (laughs) livid. He goes, are you kidding me? You don't think they can afford their own latte? And she goes, it isn't about them affording it. It's about my joy in knowing that they're going to go up there and they're going to say it's paid for, ma'am. And she saw it so differently than he saw it. It was a different experience altogether. So I want our listeners to think, if I am feeling like I didn't adapt as well, or I am in isolation because I put myself there because COVID did, Mm -hmm. what are some of the simple pleasures I could put into my experience to expand the quality of my life? That's, that's a great exercise. Gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's All a great right. exercise. And by the way, I am in Starbucks a lot. You can do that simple pleasure for me. <laughs> by the way. If you guys see a very tall Amazon type woman behind you without a mask, it's Kathy. That's it. Hugging people. I will be hugging people. So you can't miss me. <laughs> yeah, and she will be hugging you, right? Running after you, Clark. Thank you all, Kat. It's always been a pleasure. Love talking with you and our listeners. We appreciate you so much. Send us your questions. Bye now. Bye now. Hey, Color Code family. It's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is... 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, and you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.